But what's been fascinating for me tonight is that no two story has been the same. No two story has been exactly the same. And whatever song you would have chosen, I'm sure your story would have been different. Because God works in so many different ways. And at different times in our life, he means different things to us. And in different times of our life, he works in different ways in us, through us, and sometimes despite of us. What song would you have chosen? I thought Helen's song at the beginning was wonderful, reminding us of creation, God's provision. Like many before, she marvelled at the goodness of God through a moment of nature. The psalmists again and again cry, Lord, you have made many things with your wisdom. You made them all. The earth is full of your riches. The sea is so big and wide, with creatures large and small, they cannot be counted. Just one, Psalm 104, there are many more. Margaret reminded us of a time when she intimately met with God through worship. I think we should have got her to do the dance. What do you think? Another day, another day, Margaret. A moment when she met God in an exciting and a new way for her, where she could feel God close to her, when the Spirit of God captured her heart and all she could do was worship. With David's song, we saw a slight shift, a shift that was carried through through Pauline and Linda's song, A song that meant something at a particular time of change, maybe a particular time of challenge or adversity, when God, by his spirit, challenged behaviour or attitude, or when God proved himself once again to be that rock, the shepherd, the father would never let them go. I'm sure many of us have got songs that are a bit like that. A story where we have had God carrying us through The Father loving us, or discipling us, or even disciplining us. Highlighting that things need to change, or that he's always there, and that he's never going to let us go. I thought Jill's story was a lovely one. I relate very well to it, because in Bath we also had uh, two children from Belarus, and my lasting memory is um, A, them trying to get up the stairs, because they both lived in bungalows and had never been upstairs before, which was fun. But also then when they discovered the bathroom with the shower and the bath, they were there for an hour and a half. And I knocked on the door and went in and there were bubbles everywhere. I've never seen anything like it. Sadly, one of them died a few years later. And I remember very similar to uh, Jill having literally Christian songs as the thing that brought us together because they spoke no English. They spoke a bit more by the time they left. They knew how to uh, tease me quite well. But that was the thing that brought us together, was our faith in Jesus. I thought it was a beautiful story, because it reminded us that actually the God who works in different ways also unites us. And our relationship with him is the thing that draws us together. Whilst we have many different stories, we can come together and praise his name. That's what Habakkuk's about, really. The end of Habakkuk, anyway. If you've got your Bible, you'll find it perhaps handy just to, uh, to look at this again. Let me just uh, talk a little bit about the first part of the chapter. Remember that uh, Habakkuk was around the time when the Jews were in...
exile. They were no longer in the land that they believed was theirs. They were a long way from home. They had had some difficult years. Things were not particularly jolly for them. They were suffering. And Habakkuk's a book that takes the form of Habakkuk really questioning God. Why is it like this? What's this about? It's fascinating to see what he asks. He's quite a brave man. But the book ends with a prophecy almost of the fact that things are going to get worse. Not very happy, really. The day of calamity, I think the, uh, the reading we've got says. The day of calamity doesn't sound very good. And believe me, it did come to pass a few years later and it was awful with the fall of Babylon. But the end of the passage is something quite spectacular. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, and though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stall, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. Wow. This chap had seen terrible things in his time and was experiencing terrible things. But he could say this. What a powerful statement. This was my paraphrase. I'm sure you can come up with a better one. Though the sun never shines and the shelves in my cupboard are completely empty, though the kids won't stop fighting and work is really stressful, though my health is poor and my life is hard, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Saviour. Maybe you want to paraphrase that yourself. Go home. Write some things in about maybe life being tough. But end with that prayer of commitment. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Saviour. It's a powerful phrase. And one that many have held to throughout difficult times. An inspiration. And my song that I've chosen tonight, I'm afraid you've got it, is related to this. When I was eight years old, I remember learning a song. It was an Ishmael song, and the exact words were the same here. Though the fig tree may not blossom, no fruit be on the vine, still I'll praise the Lord. I'm not going to make you sing the Ishmael song, but it would have been fun. But those words have stuck with me through thick and thin. In the good times, they remind me of how much I've got to thank God for. In the bad times, they remind me and provide me with a challenge. Life is still rubbish, but am I willing and ready to say God is God and I will worship him and rejoice in him, whatever? It's easy to say. For Habakkuk, he prophesied a day of calamity and that did come. The attack came and Babylon fell. And whilst the exiles Jews got to go home, the attacks and the events that surrounded brought so much pain, so many terrors, And Habakkuk knew they were to come, and yet he could still proclaim that. My song says the same, blessed be the name of the Lord. The first verse goes on to talk about how when the time is plentiful and where streams flow, we can say blessed be the name of the Lord. But then it goes on to say when you're in the desert land, when God feels far away, still say blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's stand together.